Welcome to E-Society Podcast. Hey, hey, what's up? It's Zizu back again, E-Society Podcast. Here we are, special event, special episode. We're talking our top films of the decade, top 10 films of the decade. Before I go any further, he's got his list made. It's the Nez. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? E-Society Anchor Edition time. So uh, for my list, these are just 10 films that I just pulled out my ass. Um, (laughs) I didn't really sit down and go through each year and pick, but these are 10 from uh 2010 all the way to 2019 so but yeah um yeah well yeah that's what we're here yeah i just i just want to say for me um i pulled out what i could off the top of my head but then i went to the list to make sure and i was able to fill out the list and then uh yeah right before we started recording i threw it in a quick order so that's where i'm coming at it from (laughs) yeah well my first five are in no order these are just Five films that I thought were awesome. Uh, my la- my last five. I- yes, I would probably if I was to start off my list uh, with the uh, best of the decade. That, that my last five would be on my list for sure. But right. uh, the first five, eh, it's just I thought they were badass movies. But all right, what's your number ten? All right, uh, my number ten. And let me say also real quick that. Uh, if you have been listening to us for a while, if you ever listened to uh, our top 10 movies ever pod, we did that a few years ago now. Um, you'll know what a, a few on here are uh, just based off that. But if you haven't, you know, perfect uh, time to listen to this and what our past top 10 of uh, this past 10 years. So anyways. Long story short, let's uh, get into it. My number 10, I'm starting where we left off with our best of 2019. It was number two on my list there. It's number 10 here in my top 10 films of the decade. It's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. A faded television actor and his stunt double strive to achieve fame and success in the film industry during the final years of Hollywood's golden age. Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, on and on and on, Quentin Tarantino. Uh, yeah, I love this film. I love this film so much in uh, a non-Star Wars year. It would have been my number one film, but uh, I'm not going to make this whole list, obviously, uh, Star Wars and MCU films, or it pretty much would be, like, probably eight of the ten. But, uh, yeah, uh, love this film. Loved it so much. Shout out to the Nez for hooking, hooking me up with the... Uh, Steelbook. It's one of my favorite Steelbook covers in my entire collection. I love the way it, look. it has uh, Leo, Brad, and Margot uh, slotted across the front. It's such a cool-looking design and such a cool movie. I love this movie. I love everything it does. I love the what-if nature of it. And, uh, yeah, it's completely rewatchable for me. I've, I've had it thrown in the back in rotation ever since uh, I got the Blu-ray, so... Yeah, uh, number 10, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Awesome film. Didn't make my list. I wasn't even thinking of that one. <laughs> so, cool. Yeah, uh, I'm hoping that uh, I said this off wax, but I want to put it on wax. I'm hoping that we don't have any overlap, that we have 10 unique films. And I have a feeling we will. So looking. For I don't that. have any Quentin Tarantino films on my list. So 
Um, I did go through all those. I, I enjoyed all of them, but nothing really right. was like, yeah, okay, I like these movies a little bit more. But all right, my number 10, I'm going back to uh, 2013. This is action biography drama. This is a film directed by, written and directed by Peter Berg. And this is uh, Lone Survivor. Marcus Luttrell and his team set out on a mission to capture and kill notorious Taliban leader Ahmad Shaw. I think that's what I say it. Uh, in June in 2005, Marcus and his team are left to fight for their lives in one of the most valiant efforts to of modern warfare. This stars uh, Marky Mark himself, Mark Wahlberg, um, the real Gambit, Taylor Kitsch. Um, Jay Adams from uh, Lords of Dogtown, Emil Hirsch, uh, Ben Foster. Jeez, he's been in a ton of good movies. Yeah, ben yes. Foster. I think my favorite role is when he was in Punisher. Uh, the uh, what was um, Punisher's name in that one? Uh, the uh, I'm looking uh, it up right now. I don't uh, know what you're talking about. I, I can picture him. I met him. Uh, he, he was just in Predator, the Predator. Right. Um, damn, what the fuck was his name? Someone's probably screaming it. They are. Uh, uh, but anyway, yeah, Ben Foster, he's awesome. Plus, he was awesome in uh, that one he did with um, Captain Kirk. Uh, Hell or High Water. That movie was awesome. Thomas Jane was. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie was awesome. This was something. I mean, I kind of knew a little bit of the story. Uh, these uh, brave men that, that that went in to do their mission, and then it just it just went wrong. And oh man, this this movie was like intense. Uh, I know a lot of people were saying, "Oh, you need to see it. You need to see it." And I'm like, "All right, I'll go check it out." And I was like, "Damn!" I mean, this this movie was awesome. I was just at the edge of my seat the whole time, and then uh, the ending, which you guys should all know, was it, it just had me in tears, and it was. It was rough, man. I couldn't be a soldier. I couldn't be one of these guys, man. I, it was just, it was that intense of a film. Because I mean, the, what I liked is there was really none. It didn't drag at all. It was just like, all right, these are the characters. This is where they were. This is their mission. Go. And then it just went from there. And I don't know how much ammo they held on to. But that's all I was thinking about once the firefight started was like, how right. much ammo do they have? And Oh my God! It, it was intense, man. But it was a it was really awesome film, and I really loved the little montage they did at the end uh, of everything. And but this movie was just phenomenal. I loved it, and uh, I just watched it recently too. So uh, I've seen it a bunch of times, and every time I've watched it, I always uh, have to wipe away my tears uh, yeah. during certain scenes. But oh, this movie is awesome. It, it's definitely um, one that I just as I sat down today to pull. Uh, my my last five movies. Um, this was one of them that just kind of jumped out at me. I said, "Oh man, I love this film." But yeah, Lone Survivor came out in 2013. Is my number ten. Cool, cool. All right, on to my number nine. This is the one on my list that I'm pretty sure you haven't seen. Uh, it's 2013's Before Midnight, starring Ethan Hawke and Julie Deppy. Uh, directed by Richard Linklater. Have you seen this one? Uh, Sounds familiar. We meet Jesse and Celine nine years on in Greece. 
Yeah, I've seen this. Decades have passed since their first meeting on that train bound for Vienna. Yes. Okay. So you have. Wow. I'm shocked. This I don't like. I don't like Julie, whatever her name is. Deputy. Yeah. Uh, that was at my friend's house, and she was watching this, and I just kind of got sucked into it. But yeah, I've seen this. Yes. Yeah. Well, the thing about this is it's actually it's the third part in a movie trilogy, which uh, it'll be curious to see if they do another part. The thing that I found so cool about it is as the years have gone on, the first film was 1995 before Sunrise starring these two. And then my favorite in the series was 2004's Before Sunset. Uh, But then, yeah, all these... You know, all the years later, 2013, they they did it again. And it was just cool to see, like, the real-time evolution of a relationship. And if you ever listen to the show, you know, like, for the most part, what I enjoy is is, is something more, you know, action-based or funny and, and light and stuff like that. I'm usually not the so-called more mature movie person but uh, i really did enjoy this uh series for what it was i I think it's some of the best like dialogue as far as like a talkie movie could be so and i just felt like the building off the first two movies it's cool to have that like real-time history he did this also um link later did at the same time he actually had the uh, boyhood project going on too which he like filmed in real time but uh it was cool to see him do this film and yeah i just love the the dialogue and the interconnection between these two so yeah my number nine or midnight 2013 uh, i don't even remember the film <laughs> yeah if yeah it was a while ago my favorite's the second one like i said uh before sunset so. there you go that sounds familiar too. I, I don't know, but I I don't remember. <laughs> but yeah. All right, my number nine. I'm going to 2011. This is a film direct, written and directed, written and directed by Gareth Evans. This is the Raid Redemption. Yeah. Uh, a SWAT team becomes uh, trapped into in in a tenement run of a ruthless mobster and his army of killers and thugs. This movie was fucking awesome i loved it uh i saw this uh i saw it in the theater but um i can't somebody sent me the a clip of it uh, i guess it was out we're on the other side of the world already and uh they go dude you need to see this movie i said what is it and then so i watched the clip it was just one of the fight scenes and he said, The Raid. I was like, what's that? So I looked it up, and I said, this never came over here. Uh, maybe a couple weeks later, it, it, it finally did come here. And I'm surprised it came to Reno because it only played in one theater. Uh, so I was like, oh, but as soon as it, I saw that it was there, I was like, I need to see this. So I didn't really know too much about it. But, man, this movie was okay. awesome. I loved it. The action is just amazing. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce these guys' name. I always try, and I get them all wrong. But the main guy, uh, Rama, he, him and uh, Mad Dog, I don't, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name either. They were both in uh, The Force Awakens and yeah. wasted. They didn't do nothing in the film but stand there. <laughs> um, but, man, this movie was oh, it was so tough, man. The, the fighting, what I loved is 
it just started off with guns and then went to weapons and then went to hand to hand. And uh, oh man, this 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 movie played out like a video game of just yeah level levels. Level by level. Oh my god, this one was badass. And uh, the second one was just as badass. Not on my list. Uh, it came out a year later. I oh, know a couple years later. This one was 2011. Uh, the Raid 2 was in 2014. That one, that was another one. It, uh, they did some earlier screenings, and it wasn't in uh, the area I was at. I had to drive five hours. I drove to Berkeley uh, to go see this, and it was in one of those small theaters and played in like a little closet. Uh, right. But I, I didn't care, man. I think that was probably one of my best uh, movie experiences, seeing the Raid 2 in the theater. Cause I wish it was, I would have seen it that way. Because I was, saw it on a plane, and it it actually, I think it, it hurt my experience. Like, I was just like, eh, not as good as the first. It, uh, I think, I mean, I loved it. I'm watching it again at home and everything. There was a lot more talking than action uh, in the second one. But what got me so hyped for it um, was the crowd. It was an action martial arts crowd. So everybody was into it. Everybody was, oh, man, they were throwing air punches and kicks while sitting in your seat <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> I was doing that with this one, with the with the first one, the raid. But that crowd was boring. I was sitting way up at the top in the back. And uh, I was, oh, yeah, oh, I was, I was always all into this film. Right. I, yeah. I was the loudest one in there. Everyone else was all quiet because I didn't notice people turning around to look to laugh at me but i didn't care man i love these type of films mm-hmm. um but yeah the raid redemption 2011 that is my number nine of the decade yeah that easily could have made my list i'm glad it did it in a way that way you know each entry here is fresh but yeah uh easily could have made my list i love that film it just even you talking about it, it's gotten me wanting to uh Dig it out and throw it in to watch. Yeah. Uh, while I was going through the years and that raid was the first one that popped up, I was like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need, to, I need to dig it out as well. <laughs> yep. Had I seen that on a list, which boo on all you people that did like 100 movies of the past 10 years, I didn't see that on like, you know, the uh, Variety and Rolling Stone. I didn't see that on the list. So. Or else I would have been reminded, but in a way, I'm glad I wasn't. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number eight film, uh, also in 2013. Uh, this is The World's End, uh, third part of the Coronetto trilogy. Uh, started with uh, Shaun of the Dead, continued with Hot Fuzz, and then World's End was the the completion of uh, Edgar Wright's uh, Coronetto trilogy uh, starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, of course, also has Martin Freeman, Rosamund Pike. Yeah. Anyways, I want to shout out somebody else, but it's not on the MDV. Five friends who reunite in an attempt to top their epic pub crawl from 20 years earlier, unwittingly become humanity's only hope for survival. I think one of the reasons I love this film so much is because we got to attend uh, a premiere screening at San Diego Comic-Con. Nez was there, and uh, as well as his daughter, so that was cool. Uh, we did miss out on uh, Metallica uh, that uh, Nez's son did get into, which 
he he topped us there, obviously, but I still I was glad we got to see this. And uh, Nez even got a photo op out of it. I didn't know what he was doing, or I would have joined him. I thought he was running to the restroom, and turns out he was going to get photos with Edgar Wright, Nick Frost, and Simon Pegg. But uh, uh, so be it. Uh, I was just you know thankful to be there. And the thing that I loved about this film is I love the start of it and what it is. And honestly, I didn't know anything about it going in. So I was just enjoying it for what it was. But then when it makes its turn to what it actually is, like it really blew me away. I actually, I didn't see it coming because I had no idea what it was. And then I was just so impressed with it. And it's also one of those movies that since 2013, I've just had in rotation something I can throw in. I love it. I can pretty much quote it. Uh, I love that there's so many, the more you watch it too, there's all kinds of things that he's hidden in there, like little clues, like each of the bars in the pub crawl that they're supposed to be doing. Each of, each of the bars has like numbers and like meanings as far as the events going on. So I just love all that. Uh, I love Edgar Wright overall. It's not the last time uh, he's going to appear on my list. Uh, But yeah, uh, at number eight, that's the world's end. I don't even remember that one. Um, (laughs) That was, it's my least favorite out of the three. I mean, Sean, it's my my favorite. (laughs) Sean of the day is my favorite one. And then hot fuzz. But, I'm gonna have to dig it out. I, I got the the set, the one with all three movies in it. So I'm, cool. I'm gonna nice. I'd have to dig it out and watch. I don't remember any of it, but I uh, but it. like I said, I love it too, mainly too because of the circumstances under which we saw it. It might be completely different had I seen it another way, but I was just so cool that I had no idea what it was, and then it like shocked me. Like I thought we were watching one kind of movie, like a just a hangout guys pub crawl movie. And then when it turned into kind of sci-fi, I was like, Whoa, it blew me away. So I love it. <laughs> I need to watch it again. I remember, I remember I was falling asleep when we saw it in the theater. Cause mm, yeah. Long day at the con. Yeah. Every day is a long <laughs> day and trying to catch a screening while we're just sitting there. Even when we saw, um, what was that one? Sci-fi District South Africa. nine that I was falling asleep you, in that. You. You made a scene in that film. You, you were like, snore. <laughs> and the whole theater turned to you. I don't even remember. That, that. I was, was tired. Like, <laughs> that was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I was hell you, know, tired. you know, Elijah Wood and uh, Dominique Monaghan and the rest of the guys, the actors that played the Hobbits, they were in there. I was tired, man. That was a long day. I blame Twilight because uh, that was well. That was one of the mornings I got up hella early to go uh, stand in line for Hall H. Yeah, and then uh, awesome. I, I was resting up because after the movie, uh, Tommy Boy and I went and saw Guar. That's right. So I was ready and charged up for that, but right, right, right. All right, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to dig out uh, World's End. I don't, I don't no really doubt. remember no remember it at all. Uh, speaking of that, do you still have the little? Uh, uh, light up mouthpiece they gave us. I do. I'm so I, glad I, I do. I still have mine. I didn't even open it. It's just sitting there on the shelf. Yep. Love All right. It. Did you get the T-shirt too? I know I have one. I, but I don't did. Know. Yeah, I do, and I love it too because it's the it's the direction of the pub crawl 
Yeah, I gave it like the map that was on the back. Yeah, or was it on the front? Yeah. I don't remember. I think it's on the front. <coughs> Love it. Oh man, still under the weather, man. Just oh. can't get rid of this cold. But all right. <coughs> Sorry, everyone. All right, on to my number eight. Is that where we're at? Yeah. All right, number eight. Uh, this is a film that came out in 2016 uh, from South Korea. Uh, this is Train to Busan. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> the, okay, I'm going to try with the director's name, but everyone else, I'm sorry. I'm not even going to try. Sang Ho Yon. I think that's how you say the director's name. Uh, while a zombie virus breaks out in South Korea, passengers struggle to survive on the train from Seoul to Busan. Uh, again, I am not going to try to <laughs> pronounce anyone's names on this, but man, this movie was amazing. I heard about this film, uh, one of the many horror groups that I'm a part of. Uh, somebody put up a trailer for it, and um, I just I just love Asian horror, South Korean horror. Uh, so I was like, all right, cool. I, I clicked on that, and I was like, whoa, what is this? And it was awesome. Uh, but I know it was like months later when I finally saw it because it wasn't in, uh, in the theaters around here. Uh, and then it was playing in one theater in San Francisco, but it was only for like a one night only, and Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I, I wanted to go down there. I didn't make it. I wish I did. Uh, I got had to, oh, uh, by other means, uh, I saw it. And um, man, uh, I was watching this on my phone and didn't really. I was just expecting another zombie film, another outbreak and everyone running for their lives, because that's pretty much what all these films are. But this one was a totally different uh, take uh, on them. But what's what I loved about this? I mean, it's still zombies and everything, but when you add that little bit of difference to where it's a different take uh, of a zombie outbreak, that's when I'm like, ah, if it's done right, like this, like they did in this film, I'm like, ah, cool. Uh, so, um, I just thought it was awesome. Uh, this film, from beginning to end, it kept me at the edge of my seat. And the end, you guys should have seen this already, but I'm not going to say what happens at the end, but the end, just bring your Kleenex because, oh, my God, it, it had me in tears and I, I couldn't believe it. I thought, I thought I was watching a horror film. Right. Uh, but uh, this is labeled action horror thriller. Uh, that's exactly what this is. But shout out to the young uh, gal. I will try to pronounce her name. I know her name was Suan in the movie. Uh, Suan Kim. That was uh, her real name. This little actress just pulled off an awesome performance. And uh, as well as her dad, Yu, Yu Gong, he was he was awesome, too. And everyone else that was in the cast, uh, even the asshole the, that was the asshole of the group, yeah. he, even he did a good job. But, man, this film was so amazing. I just couldn't believe it. I do believe it did make my uh, top ten list of 2016. It did. I do remember. And man, I love this film. I think it's still on Netflix. I'm not too sure. Uh, I bought the Blu-ray once it came out, and I'd seen this many, many times, and uh, I just love it. And this is uh, coming in at my number eight, uh, Train to Busan. Yeah, so good. Uh, um, I remember when you recommended it. Uh, you did kind of hint that you know be ready, you know, for a little bit of a tearjerker. But uh, even that, I it doesn't spoil it just because you just you just don't know until you see it you know 
So, but yeah, really good film. All right. Uh, that brings me to what? Number seven? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to 2015 and the Fury Road. Mad Max Fury Road. In a post-apocalyptic wasteland, a woman rebels against the tyrannical ruler in her search for a homeland with the aid of a group of female prisoners. Starring Tom Hardy, Charlize Theron, Nicholas Holt, Zoe Kravitz, directed by George Miller. Um, this was one of like the you know big releases of 2015, but still at the same time when I went to see in the theater, it, I, I was so impressed with how it it's it's so like minimalistic in its dialogue. Uh, it was awesome in the theater, in my opinion. Like just the the over the top action and and just the way the score. I think I saw it in like a pretty extra loud theater too. Cause I remember just like the score really like beating, like crushing down. So um, I'm actually thankful I did get to see it that way. Just, and it just looks great. Like the cinematography of it looks so awesome. And uh, yeah, it does like what I love in action films it just keeps moving on the fury road you just keep going and going and going so yeah i really really love this film and um while i didn't agree with a lot of the lists that i looked at in leading up to this i gotta shout them out that most of them even in uh, top 100 lists they would have this in their top 10 so that was cool to see even though i didn't agree with all of it it was nice to see fury road in there so yes Love Fury Road. That one was garbage. No, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Oh, I knew my you God. Didn't love for this that I it did. wasn't I even a Mad Max it. film. I love Fury Road. It was like the third or fourth on the list. Man, it was, it was just about Furiosa or whatever her name was. And that's fine I, with me. I was like, dumb. I mean, it was a big CGI mess. Um, compared to the first three, this that didn't have... It had no tie into any of those uh, of those first three films. I was like, Ugh. but when it when it when it was actual live action with the cars, when it wasn't CGI, I thought that was cool. But uh, I, 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 when you go to see a Mad Max, uh, if you're a gearhead, you're you go for the car action, which the other ones had. And this, this it, one does. It didn't. It was all CGI. And it wasn't even about Mad Max. You go to the first three films, those movies were about him. It wasn't all CGI. I've seen the behind the footage. No, stuff. Watch watch it again. That whole whatever sandstorm mess. I was like, uh but that did look pretty sweet in 3D. I can give him that. <laughs> did you see it in 3D? I didn't. The 3D effects were actually pretty good. It was all converted, but I thought they did a really good job, especially uh, with that whole storm and the the one dude, the guitar player, that shot the flames oh, out. Oh, God. That's like the coolest thing. I'm glad you brought that up. That guy was awesome. <laughs> that looks pretty sweet in 3D. I love but, that dude that's like hanging there with the guitar. I guess that's an actual like metal guy too, right? I have no idea. Yeah, uh, I, I want to... I want to say someone did it at uh, Burning Man. They have their whole uh, Road Road Warrior uh, Thunderdome and everything out there. My buddy, uh, he's taking pictures and 
they always send them to me. I'm like, damn, I think that's probably one of the reasons I want to go to Burning Man one yeah, year. Yeah, no doubt. So I could fight in Thunderdome. Down <laughs> on the Fury Road. They actually have people out there in Thunderdome fighting. Anyone can go in there and do it. Wow. Like, oh, man, that'd be awesome. But Wow. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, Tom Hardy was cool. I mean, I did like him as uh, Max Rakotansky, but it just... Uh, the only reason I say it didn't tie into the other films is that car he had at the beginning was done in the second film. Right. So I was like, uh, as soon as that Which came up. weird on, because it's the same director. So you would I think know. you'd get it right. But. Well, he's talking about making another one. Uh, we're not sure if uh, Tom Hardy is coming back, but. Um, Mr. Miller, if you're going to do it again, please just cut out the CGI and go back to what you did with the you first watch films. The behind the scenes stuff. You'll, you'll, you'd, you'd be impressed. They no. did a lot with cars. There was so much CGI in that thing, dude. It, you go, go to the other three. No CGI. All, all or nothing in, in those ones. That's What's your how, favorite of, uh, the originals? The uh, road warrior is my favorite one. Yeah, I agree. But, I was just uh, that that messed me up too because they destroyed the um, the interceptor he had, but I have right. who not, I don't even know where they got this last one because in Road Warrior they said it there was that was the last one, <laughs> so right. I was like ah uh, right in the beginning made me go, <sighs> but uh, again if you I. Think it's you can get it on in 3D on one of these 4K Blu-rays or whatever. I think I'm not too sure, uh, but yeah, 3D was cool. I did enjoy it. I just wasn't a Mad Max film to me. <clears throat> All right, uh, were we number seven? Yeah, number seven. This is a film that uh, I saw by other means because all kinds of other <laughs> horror people were telling me about it. And um, this is Hell House LLC. There is three movies out right now. This one being the first one uh, direct, written and directed by Stephen Cognetti. I did reach out to him after I watched this first one. And he said, well, get ready for the second. And he got me super juiced up for the second one. Uh, five years after an unexplained uh, malfunction causes the death of 15 tour Tour goers and staff on the opening night of a Halloween haunted house tour. A documentary crew travels back to the scene of the tragedy to find out what really happened. Uh, this is a, a found footage film. And I've said this before in my first review or my only review uh, talking about this is this was a found footage, mo found footage movie done right. Um, there hasn't been a lot of movies. that's really scared me. Uh, well, excuse me, uh, throughout the, the decade, maybe I think The Conjuring probably being the leader uh, out of that one, which didn't make my list. Um, but this one, man, uh, I love a good found footage film. And there's a ton of a ton of crappy ones out there. But this is uh, one of the good ones. The second one was cool. The third one, I didn't really uh, it was it was OK, but it did wrap up the whole uh, trilogy at, at the end, but from what I understand, they want to do another one. Hopefully, it's way before, uh, like a prequel. Um, but oh man, this movie was this movie was hella good, and it was scary, and it was creepy. Uh, jump scares, not throughout. Just a couple jump scares. A lot of things that creeped me out, like were things moving in the background that you like. 
the the people in the film don't see, but us watching it, we catch it uh, in the background. So I love those type of films, and this film was so awesome. Uh, I mean, I, mean, I loved it so much is that I, I had I re- I rarely do this to any director, and I'm glad that he responded to me. But I did reach out to him and tell him how much I loved it, and that's when he got me excited that the second one was coming. So, but yeah, check them out. Uh, if you guys are Shutter subscribers, all three of them are on Shutter, I believe. Uh, first one, or the second one being Hellhouse LLC two, the Abaddon Hotel, and the third one being Hellhouse LLC three, Lake of Fire. So, but yeah, coming in at my number six. Is that where we're at? <laughs> uh, that was actually number seven because I have number seven. Number six. Okay, number seven. Yeah, Hell Hellhouse LLC. Uh, streaming on Shutter and I think Amazon Prime as well. I don't know. I could be wrong, but yeah, check it out. Cool, cool. All right, number six spot for me. Going back to 2011, directed by Joe Cornish. This is Attack the Block. A teen gang in South London defend their block from an alien invasion. Inner city versus Outer Space, starring John Boyega, Jody, Jody Whittaker, Alex Ismail, and Franz Drama. Yeah. Um, wish I would have seen this at Comic-Con. We've talked about this film a few times on E-Society if you're a long-time listener. Uh, mainly when we're in the lead-up to San Diego Comic-Con and we talk about, you know, its debut there and who got to see it and you know, I, I missed out. It wasn't until it came out. Uh, I got to see it right there uh, at the end of Blockbuster's run. Uh, I, I had their their uh, unlimited rent everything pass. And um, this was, you know, obviously I was like, yes, like I want to check this out. And yeah, it totally blew me away. Uh, more on the low budget side, but it's just so cool uh everything about it it's awesome uh, obviously debut of uh, john boyega before he became finn in uh, star wars but uh yeah i mean for what it is it's just so awesome uh can't say enough about it so yeah that's my number six spot 2011's attack the block i was looking at that uh while i was trying to make up my list uh, yeah. But I knew I knew you would throw it on there, so I kept it off. Nice. Yeah, it definitely would be an honorable mention nice. uh, if we do that. <laughs> Speaking of honorable mention, I'm, I am going to give out an honorable mention. This is a film that came out. Uh, I should have had it pulled up already. I was just watching it before we started this. Um, and it was actually a film that the Zisu challenged me to. And I loved it. This film came out in 2017. Honorable mention, everyone. Uh, this is Bushwick. Yeah. Good. Netflix and man, I just loved this. It was like more of a, a modern day Red Dawn type of situation. Um, so if you guys like those type of movies, it's a movie that just jumps right into the action. So uh, definitely check it out. Stars uh, Dave Batista, And I know I've seen the girl and other things, but I can't remember. But yeah, Bushwick, honorable mention. Uh, all right, on to my number six. This is a film that came out in 2013. Um, my life was in shambles at, at this point, 
And but I just needed to go to the theaters because I really loved uh, the original one. And I guess I just wasn't in the right state of mind to enjoy this the first time. But shout out to my brother, uh, Big Jesse. Uh, he told me dude, to, to watch it again because we we're going to cover it on his show on um, Horacopia. So I was like, all right, I'll give it another shot. I ended up buying it. And uh, this is Evil Dead. Um, it's a fantasy horror thriller. Five friends head to a remote cabin where the discovery of uh, discovery of Book of the Dead leads them to an unwittingly summon up demons. <coughs> Excuse me, <coughs> demons living in the nearby woods. This is directed, written, and directed by Betty Alvarez. I think that's how you say his name. Uh, and this stars Jane Levy and a bunch of other people. But. Uh, on the rewatch, I mean, when I saw this, like I said, I just wasn't in the right state of mind and I just, I just didn't enjoy it at all. Uh, I just remember sitting in the back of the theater, just like, uh, I mean, just my mind was all over the place, but, uh, Jesse watching it again to tell me, just watch it again, watch it again. I know you'll like it, man. This movie was awesome. Um, what rewatch on the rewatch, it was like watching it over for the first time. Because I do not remember any of it. Uh, and I was just like, whoa. Uh, so I was, this. I mean, if you guys have seen uh, Sam Raimi's original one, Evil Dead, that came out in 1981. Awesome, classic cult, classic film. Uh, check it out if you haven't seen it. That one was just pure gore, slapsticky, comedy, horror. Um and I'm sure that's not what he was going for, but that's what it turns out. Because if when you watch the film, uh, you realize it's, it's just amazing, awesome practical effects. Uh, this one, of course, is going to be CGI, and but they really went for it with uh, practical effects in this in this go around. I'm not too sure if they were going to make any more. Uh, this might have just been a one and done. And if it is, hey, I'm happy with it. Just just leave it alone because I thought they did an amazing job with this one. Um. Uh, I loved it all, man. It was just full of blood, full of gore, and a lot of cringy moments in this. Uh, I'm reading the poster. The most terrifying film you will ever experience. Uh, okay. But, um, nah, this movie was badass. I'm sure it's streaming somewhere or by other means. Uh, but I think if you're a horror fan, I'm pretty sure you guys have already seen this already. And, uh, and it's probably in your library. But, man, this this movie was awesome. Uh, I'm doing another spinoff show uh, regarding East Society. East Society presents uh, original or remake. And uh, this is definitely going to be on there. I just need to figure out uh, who wants to do it. So if any of you listeners out there want to come on uh, the new East Society show uh, and help me cover Evil Dead, uh, this version, as well as the 1981 Please reach out to me and uh, you come on the show and we can talk Evil Dead. But yeah, Evil Dead. This movie is uh, awesome. Came out in 2013. Cool, cool, cool. I All take right. it you didn't see it. I did not. So maybe <laughs> it sounds like a uh, up to the challenge in the future. <laughs> I'd have to find it <laughs> streaming somewhere for you. Right. But, um, there's tons and tons of blood in this, so I don't know. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> if you able to handle it. Oh, look away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you got next? All right. Uh, we're halfway through the number five spots. Uh, if you've been listening to the show and you hear that I go by the Zisu, 
you know I had to go with something from my guy, Wes Anderson. He had uh, three films this decade, uh, Moonrise Kingdom, Isle of Dogs. But at my number five spot, I'm going with 2014's The Grand Budapest Hotel. The Adventures of Gustav H., a legendary concierge at the famous hotel from the fictional Republic of Zubrowska between the First and Second World Wars, and Zero Mustafa, the lobby boy who becomes his most trusted friend. The stars Ralph Fiennes, F. Murray Abraham, Adrian Brody, William Defoe, Jeff Goldblum, Harvey Keitel, Jude Law, Bill Murray, Edward Norton, Saoirse Ronan, Jason Schwartzman, on and on and on, Tilda Swinton, all the people that always work with uh, Wes Anderson. That's one of the reasons I love his films. I love his films so much because there's so much detail layered into each shot. All the stuff in the background, every single shot, the from the clothes to the stuff on the table, everything like that. Uh, and yeah, and, and there's always like some kind of like whimsy and like out of this world like stuff like for example in grand Budapest hotel there's a scene on the ski slopes where it's like they even like make like almost like uh, silly like sounds like swoosh 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 as they're like going down the hill and it's like artificially fast and it almost looks like claymation and i love that kind of oddity weirdness i i Wes Anderson's my guy, and I I can't wait for his next thing. As we were uh, uh, building up right here, and I'm trying to get ahead on the uh, IMDb, I couldn't help but notice uh, he actually does have something on deck for this year. So I uh, can't wait for that. It looks like it's called... Sorry, I moved away from it. The French Dispatch. A love letter to journalists set in the outpost of American newspaper in a fictional, fictional 20th century French city that brings to life a collection of stories published in the French Dispatch magazine. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, Saoirse Ronan, Elizabeth Moss, William Defoe, Bill Murray, Christoph Waltz, and uh, it goes on and on. Of course it does. So, can't wait for that. Obviously, now I have... Uh, Something really uh, big to look forward to this year. But yeah, uh, my number five film in the countdown, it's The Grand Budapest Hotel from 2014. I've seen that once. I don't even remember it. <laughs> Renee and <laughs> oh, I wouldn't saw it. We wouldn't have seen it. All right, my number five. Uh, you know, I got to put at least one in here, and this is probably the best one out of all the Disney stuff. This is uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Came out in 2016. Uh, nothing touched. Everything dealing with Disney, this is probably the best one. Nothing has touched this film uh, out of the, what, five Disney films we've gotten. So, but, oh, man, this one was just amazing. Again, didn't think uh, I was going to be sitting there watching a Star Wars film and all the nostalgia that came along with this one. And then the tears at the end. Uh, this is directed by uh, Gareth Edwards. <clears throat> uh, the daughter of an imperial scientist joins the Rebel Alliance in a risk move to steal uh, the Death Star plans. You guys all know what it is and who's all in it. Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, Alan Tudyk, Donnie Yen, Yee-Win. Sorry, brother, I can't pronounce that last name. Uh, ben Mendelsohn. 
and Forrest Whitaker and so on. Uh, um, yeah, there were just a ton of other people that was in this. Um, this movie was awesome. I think out of all the Disney ones, this is the one that I watched the most. Uh, I loved it. Uh, I remember when we first got the, the first picture of the whole crew. And uh, that's when I found out that Donnie Yen was in this. I was like, oh, my God. I just couldn't believe it. And every time he was on the screen was was just amazing. He kicked ass. And that scene, probably his his death scene. Spoiler alert if you hadn't seen it. You should have by now. Oh, spoiler alert. Was that uh, his death scene just, oh, that floors me every single time. And the last yeah. thing he said to me, oh, I'm about to cry right now. Yep. He goes, look for the force and you will find me. I think that was how it went. But oh, yeah, yeah. You oh, know, my funny God. Though, too, uh, and you didn't know this. Uh, if you've been listening to the show since 2016, you'll know uh, in our review, I mentioned this to Nez, that uh, at the Star Wars celebration that year on stage, the actor that plays Baze Malvis, he spoiled that. He said, when Donnie Yen's character dies, I kind of pick up from there and like immediately because uh phasma uh uh gwendolyn Gwendolyn, yeah gwendolyn crispy she was the moderator and she freaked out the fact that he dropped that insanely huge spoiler she was like moving on moving on yes yes please she was like freaking out and i was like oh dude so i knew for like that whole year but it was cool you actually you didn't know so <laughs> no man that was again that was a tough scene now it's just like oh and he was just it was an amazing cast and just an amazing story and uh, i remember there was like whoa where are these people i knew the demise of everyone because we've never heard of these names before right and uh, in, in the later star wars films but yeah, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, man. This this movie was so awesome. I don't know how many times I saw it in the theater, and uh, rewatching it over and over on Disney Plus as well as uh, the uh, Best Buy Steelbook that I picked up, uh, which I'm glad I did because that one sold like yeah. hotcakes. So, it did, but yeah, it's all right, over a hundred. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm not selling it, but yeah, yeah. Rogue Number Five, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Yeah, quick story on that i'm not a uh you know buyer and seller of, of of much you know ebay or nothing like that but i did buy two copies of rogue one i got the, i ordered that steelbook but it didn't arrive in time and i got the target one and i get mostly target editions anyway so when that came when the steelbook came i decided well you know everybody that i knew had it you had it breeze had it everybody had it so i was like well ebay and little to my knowledge, yeah, it ended up going for over a hundred. So I was like, "Cool." <laughs> All right, what do you got? Oh, okay. Um, I had a feeling you'd go with Rogue, and like I said at the top of this, if I would have allowed multiple Star Wars movies, it would made up more than half my countdown. So uh, I had a I had a feeling you were going to go with Rogue. So I'm also going to surprise you. And here at my number four spot, not my number one spot, is my Star Wars entry in the countdown. I'm going with 2015's The Force Awakens. This was the first movie in the Disney series of films. 
And this was actually the one I saw the most in theaters uh, of the bunch. I saw every one of them multiple, multiple times. But I think Force Awakens was the one I, 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 I think I, I think we got up to 10 times in the theater. And the first one was really special. It was uh, opening night at Alamo Draft House in San Francisco. And uh, Jade dressed up as Ray. And she was interviewed by the paper. She ended up in the paper. She was on stage for the costume contest. So uh, there's just a lot of the buildup and then the actual experience of, of Force Awakens that made it so special to me. And on top of that, uh, we've covered before our top favorite lightsaber fights of all time. And this is it for me. I love the rawness in the forest between uh, Ray and Kylo Ren in this film. It's just so raw. You can see they're not that well trained. And I actually love that uh, about this fight. And I love the way the snow is and the way it's dark, but the like white of the snow. I love everything about that. So I love all the Star Wars films. You know this. It would be my whole countdown like i said before but uh yeah there's so many uh like personal things that made force awakens such a a memorable movie for me so that's uh my number four spot 2015's the force awakens yep awesome film i no i think rogue one was the most i saw in the theater uh, out of all those but um all right on to my number four Spot. This was uh, my number one last year of 2018, and this is uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Hey. Uh, this film is just amazing. It's it's awesome every time I watch it. Uh, I did pick up the Best Buy Steelbook. Uh, this is a film, I guess, partly directed by Brian Singer, and I'm not too sure who took over uh, after that because Brian Singer can't keep his hands himself i guess but uh the story of the legendary british rock band queen and the lead singer freddie mercury leading up to their famous performance at live aid in 1985 uh it stars uh, academy award winner for this film uh remy malik uh now we got lucy boyton gwenlyn lee ben hardy joseph manzello alden Gein, uh, Mike Myers, and a bunch of other people. Uh, this film's awesome. I, I loved it, and I really love what they did at the end uh, for the Live Aid concert. Um, if you have the Blu-ray, uh, the movie they cut it up because uh, they had to just shorten it. They didn't. They didn't show uh, the full twenty-something minutes that they actually performed. But when you, if you watch the the, the actual performance that they did. Uh, the whole thing put together. They did film the whole performance with a crazy thing, a little crazy thing called love because that got cut from uh, the performance. But everything else, they sh- they play each song in its entirety, uh, no cuts. So it's actually pretty good. And I loved watching the making of that whole scene and what they did. They built this big, huge, giant stage and then they CGI'd uh, everything else. But it's an amazing film. I love it. And uh, yeah, that's my number four, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, awesome film. Uh, amazing to see in the theater, and uh, what uh, it was so one of the most memorable moments on the show when it came in at your number one spot. Uh, I remember when it came in. I think at number five for me, and then we move right on. I was like, "Wow, he really has nothing to say about it," because like I didn't see it coming. So it was such a 
uh, a cool surprise that it came in at your number one spot uh, for not two, 2018, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this 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 movie is amazing. Um Remy Malik definitely earned his uh Academy Award and um can't wait to see him in uh what's that James Bond movie called? I know we talked no about it. No time to die. I just watched more on it. So yeah, well again I'm hoping there's a fight scene between him and uh and uh, Daniel Craig, but I Hope don't know. So. We will, yeah. we will see. But yeah, coming in at my number four, Bohemian Rhapsody. All right, down to the final three. Uh, probably it was a surprise that uh, Star Wars came in at number four for me. Because uh, yeah, even ahead of any Star Wars movies that came out this last ten year, there was a ton of MCU films, and uh, this is my spot for the MCU, the number three spot. It would have been 2012's Avengers when we recorded our uh, top 10 films of all time. I had Avengers in my uh, list when we did that list. But since then, uh, I think there's two films in the MCU that have outpaced it. Uh, Thor Ragnarok would be one of them, and the other would be, of course... Uh, 2019's Avengers Endgame. Uh, if you've listened to our uh, comic book movies of the year, you know this was my number one uh, comic book film of last year. And yes, it takes my number one spot in all of MCU. Um, I love that it built on the 21, 22 movies that came before it. Uh, one of the best theater experiences I ever had. If you listen to the pod before, you know, I don't need to go into everything I said before. But, yeah, this film was awesome. Uh, and, yeah, it's all the way at uh, number three in my top ten films of the decade. It's uh, Avengers Endgame. Uh, all right. Uh, didn't make my list. But I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even remember where I had it on my comic book one. But, um. All right, this is a film that I'm not going to go into because I already went into a big old discussion if you listen to our best of 2019. And this is Lords of Chaos, a teenage quest go. to launch a Norwegian black metal in Oslo in the early 1990s, resulting in a very violent outcome. Uh, Rory Culkin, Emery Cohen, a bunch of other people, uh, directed by Jonas Ackerlin, uh, written by Dennis Magnuson and uh, Jonas Ackerlin. Yeah, check it out. Streaming on uh, Hulu. And uh, I did watch the uh, the director's cut. I believe just some of the uh, gory scenes went on a little bit longer. That That's all I can really tell. Um, but, yeah, awesome film. I love it. And, of course, this was going to make my best of the decade because uh, I can't get enough of this film. That's uh, Lords of Chaos coming in at my number three. Uh, yeah. The second oh. number one uh, in this countdown that was in my best of. Right. Uh, the right. year before and uh, uh, yeah, the last 2018, year. 2018, <laughs> 2019. Uh, shout out to Rachel real quick. I don't know if you noticed in her stories. I think uh, she heard that pod and you inspired her to check it out. I noticed she was watching it. So, yeah, shout out Rachel. <laughs> yeah, she reached out to me and uh, she, she told me. Uh, it might have been uh, like the most medalist film she had ever seen. But, yeah, Rachel, thank you so much for listening. You rock. Awesome. All right. Down to the final two. And like I said at the start of this, if you go back to the start of our 
our our run, our E Society run, when we did our uh, top ten movies of all time. Uh, you might know what these two are because they were on that list then. So, of course, they're going to make it right now. Uh, first off, uh, at this number two spot, I'm going back to 2010 and Scott Pilgrim versus the World. This is uh, the second film in my top ten of the decade with Edgar Wright, the previous one being uh, World's End. But yeah. Uh, Scott Pilgrim must defeat his new girlfriend's seven evil exes in order to win her heart. Starring Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Kieran Culkin, Anna Kedrick, Allison Pill, Aubrey Paza, Jason Schwartzman, on and on and on. Um, this one was marketed a lot at San Diego Comic-Con, and I didn't get to see it there, but I did see it upon returning uh, to... Uh, visiting family on the east coast in georgia outside savannah and took jade to see this film and uh it was opening weekend but there was nobody else in the theater it was a completely private screening and i couldn't believe it because it completely blew me away uh i love this film so much i love all the little video game-ish uh, details. Uh, I think it helped that I actually wasn't familiar with the graphic novel, so I didn't know the story. I didn't know where it was going. And just the performances here from top to bottom, uh, probably my favorite performances of, of almost all these people, Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, Anna Kendrick, you know, on and on. Uh, I love everything about this film. So, yeah, easy uh, to say it's at my number two spot because it was already on my top ten of all time list. So, yeah, that's Scott Pilgrim versus the World, 2010. I hate Michael Sarah, so it took me a while to see this film. But after I saw it, I did like it. Yes. Uh, it was pretty Love good. It. Michael Sarah is the same. Him and Jesse Eisenberg are like the same, act the same <laughs> in every film they make. But, uh, yeah, that is an awesome film. Uh, it didn't make my list, and I don't even think it would have made my all-time list. But... Uh, I think I have the steel book. I know I have it because I, I watched it here at home, but I, I don't remember. I got it somewhere and all that. As soon as I move uh, into uh, Kyle's music room, I'm moving. Uh, Magnus Studios is moving into. Uh, uh, we're coming. I'm coming up bigger, bigger and better uh, things for you guys. Uh, videos wow. are videos are coming. Once wow. I once nice. I once I get. Um, Kyle's uh, music room uh, in order. Uh, he slash Macnez Studios. So this old Macnez Studios is going away. It probably won't ever come back again. But moving into Kyle's music room. Uh, but anyway, on to my number two film. Eric, hold on. Let me ask him something really quick. Come here. Let me ask you something. If you have to pick one MCU movie. Which one is uh, your favorite? Mm, I don't know. Hold on. Let's see. <laughs> There's like, how many of them is there? Like 20, 20 22, 23. Which one did you, you watch over and over? Mm, I don't know. Thinking of like Iron Man or Infinity War. All right, guys, you guys heard it <laughs> from my son, Eric. But <laughs> All right. Uh, this is the one. MCU film that's uh, made my list and this one has topped everything MCU for me um, 
I've told this story before. I didn't even want to see this one because the first one wasn't all that. Uh, I, I just really watched the first one again, and I was kind of like, eh. <laughs> I'm doing my uh, MCU watch in order or in, like, uh, chronological order or whatever you want to call it. But, um, yeah, I just watched Captain America, and this is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Came hey. out in 2014, uh, directed by the Russo brothers, Anthony and Joe. Written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. I think that's and I think it says two more people. Uh, you guys know the whole cast. So I don't even go through all of them. Uh, as Steve Rogers struggles to embrace his role in the modern world, he teams up with fellow Avenger and S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Black Widow to battle the new threat from, from history, an assassin known as the Winter Soldier. Um, this film is so awesome. I, I loved it. I mean, I... What like I said, I wasn't really a fan of the first uh, Captain America, the the first Avenger. Is that what it was called? Yeah, that's what. It's yeah, called. that one. I was like, yeah, it's, I don't know. It just was. I mean, I really love the whole Red Skull thing, but I don't know why they were getting away from the whole Nazi thing. But hey, anyway. Um, but uh, this movie was awesome. I mean, this was just full of action. Um, there's tons of it in it. My favorite scene is the elevator scene. Uh, when all those guys get on, um, what's uh, that one guy's name? Frank Grillo. Uh, Frank Grillo. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, Brock Rumlo. But what's yeah, his Rumlo, uh, and he's also Crossbones. Yeah, Crossbones. Uh, I love that how they all come. They come getting in, and then uh, Steve Rogers he really realizes what's happening. He goes. All right. Does anyone want to get out before we start? Yeah, before we start. start, does anyone want to get out? <laughs> oh man, that was hell awesome. I was. Like, I went into the theater like, all right. Let me just let's get get this over with. And, <laughs> oh man, I left the theater like, oh my god, that was so awesome. Out of every MCU movie, that's the only one I came out of the theater charged. The other ones I came out. Oh yeah, that was cool. This one, I came out like, oh, man. And I'm, I'm not the biggest uh, Captain America fan, but, man, this movie was awesome. Uh, this one definitely had to be in my uh, top films of the decade, and this this was it. Uh, my only entry uh, from the MCU. Um, yeah, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, came out in 2014, and this movie is amazing. Uh, I can't wait till I get to it. I still have a few more movies before I get to uh uh, this one, I think, I think I just started the list. So I'm only on, right. uh, uh, Captain Marvel <laughs> right now. So, uh, what I think Iron Man two is after Captain Marvel or Credible Hulk. Captain one America. Of no, it was Captain, Captain Marvel. Oh yeah. You know, it was Captain America. I watched first Captain Marvel second. Is it, uh, Incredible Hulk or. Yeah, I think Incredible Hulk is the third one because that was the second film, wasn't it? Yeah, it's. Uh, oh no, yeah, it was uh, Hulk was it, second. It was. I have it, I have the order on my shelf. I thought it was um, Captain America, Iron Man. Then no, it goes Iron Man, Hulk, Iron Man two, then Thor, then for, uh, Captain America: First Avenger, then <laughs> Avengers. I thought that was afterwards because um, at the end. Oh, no, no, no. Who came uh, at, the, at the end to uh, talk to, to? Yeah, to talk to. Was it Sam Elliott? No. Or no. Oh, Sam Elliott was in that other one. 
Um, who came into the bar at the end? It was it was Tony Stark. To who? Who did he talk to? I don't remember. The General Ross, the guy that's gone ahead. He's been in like a bunch of them going forward. He was in uh, Civil War, and he was in. But wasn't uh, but he went in there in to talk game. about the the Shield Initiative, right? Yeah. But that did that he was. I think Iron Man was before Captain America. Or, uh, Iron Man was not. Iron Man was um, no, one. Iron Man was uh, before Incredible Hulk, right? Iron Man is one. Hulk is two. Iron Man two is three. No, then Thor, then Captain America. No, in in the real like years, so Captain America would be first. Sure. Then then Iron Man, then the Incredible Hulk would be number three. Or no 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 wait no no wait hold on listen before you chime in. Captain America, Captain Marvel, Iron Man, then the Incredible Hulk, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Chronologically I'm, speaking. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm the, just talking about like theatrical. No, I'm not go, I'm going the the right way. So, yeah. Because <laughs> Captain Marvel was in the 90s. But anyway, Captain Captain America Winter Soldier is uh my number 2. Number 2 spot. All right. Here we are. Made it through our top 10 of the decade. Coming for my number one spot. It has to be. I'm so thankful that 2010 counts. 2010's Inception. A thief who steals corporate secrets through the use of dream-sharing technology is given the inverse task of planting an idea into the mind of a CEO. Starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Ellen Page, Ken Watanabe, and Tom Hardy. Yes, um, this was another one I didn't know much about. Just knew the director of the Dark Knight trilogy uh, had a new film out uh, the summer it came out. And I was like, yes, we got to see this. And yeah, I mean, it almost instantly jumped in to my top 10 favorite movies of all time and it is it's 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 there in the top five of the top 10 uh in my top favorite movies of all time but yes um you can actually see it right now too it's uh, streaming on netflix i noticed and uh, just getting this list together has got me wanting to watch all of these and uh, right now that might be the most easy to access but uh yeah um what i love about this film is just everything basically i love the way the story structure is set up and i love the layers of the uh, dream within a dream and what level are you on and what level were they ever on Um, i just love the performances Uh, like i said about the scott pilgrim movie it's probably my favorite uh, performance for a lot of these actors too. Uh, my favorite Leo here, my favorite Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and he's one. I I love that guy. He's one of my favorite actors. But uh, my favorite Ellen Page. So yeah, um, my favorites uh, Christopher Nolan for that matter. I know for a lot of people that would be uh, the Dark Knight. But uh, yeah, I love 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 this film and. Uh, can't wait to watch it again now. It's 2010's Inception, that number one spot. That was one I had to watch a couple times. Um, I remember watching it the first time going, eh, it was all right. Maybe I was just tired. 
Uh, I watched it again in a theater with my buddy because he was like, just like you, was like, oh my God, it's like the greatest movie ever. I said, yeah, "Um, uh, yeah, right. But anyway, so we went and saw it again. Uh, It's cool. I I haven't seen it in a while. I think I have the steel book somewhere. I'd have to dig it out and and rewatch it. Um, I think. Uh, Did you go to the WonderCon when we had? They gave us those little dreidel things or whatever they had in that movie. I went to the WonderCon, but I didn't think I got that, which obviously I would have loved. <laughs> I have it somewhere. I know. I know. I had it. I have it, but I don't know where it's at. It was right. in one of the, it was in one of those bags they gave us when uh, when we went into the WB panel or Warner Brothers panel. Yeah. I remember that was, that was in it. Uh, a shirt and something else. I can't remember, but I don't know. That was what ten years ago. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't have, I'm not a big, you know, we've talked about this on the show. We do a lot of entertainment. But one of the things we both don't do is really uh, books. Uh, one of the books I do own is uh, Inception, The Shooting Spriff by Christopher Nolan. It's actually pretty cool. It's got like uh, all kinds of his like uh, notes in it, like how he's figuring out the layers of the dream and how you move from one to the next. And it's actually a really cool. There's a, a whole page where he shows the layers and where they are at, uh, at certain moments in the film. So did you yeah. go to the panel? I didn't, I didn't, I honestly, it was another one of those, which is uh, what you would say about a lot of these entries. It's one I didn't know a lot about going into. So Christopher that Nolan. usually goes a long way with me. He was there and he was explaining it because that was the big surprise. They said there was going to be a big surprise guest and it was him. And uh, the clips he showed us, I was like, whoa, this looks awesome. And he was explaining it. And I remember me and the people sitting around me go, did you get any of that? I was like, nope. (laughs) It like went right over my head. No doubt. I just like, all right, I guess whatever when when we see the film. So, but yeah, yeah, I need to watch it again. I haven't haven't seen it in a while. I think I just saw those two times in a theater and I don't remember if I, I know I have it, but I don't remember if I watched it. Might be wrapped up still. (laughs) Oh man, love this film. And you know, what's also funny is I just remembered, uh, this was early on in the iPhone um, era that came out like 2007, app store came out like 2008 so then two years later uh i think i didn't get the first iphone that i owned until uh, 2009 but yeah in 2010 they had an inception app where it was like uh, uh not much to it but it was like uh unlocking secrets and whatnot it was a free app but uh yeah, I had it out on my phone forever just because of my love for the film. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to watch it again. I don't remember any of it other than the everything folding in and then flying around. Oh, I <laughs> which I which I love those scenes. Love. All right, my number film number one film uh, did make my spot. it made my list in 2017. Uh, this is a film that was just something that I had read about and everyone was telling me to go see it. I saw it before. It was like widely released. Uh, I was down in L.A. and a uh, friend of the show, Mike, uh, him and his wife, we went and seen it. And this is Wind River. A veteran hunter helps an FBI agent investigate a murder of young women on a Wyoming Native American reservation. This is written and directed by Taylor Sheridan. And this stars uh, 
Uh, Kelsey Asabel, I think that's her last name. Uh, Jeremy Renner, Julia Jones, uh, Graham Greene, Elizabeth Olsen, Tontu Cardinal, um, Gil Birmingham, and a bunch of other people. This film was, I didn't know what to expect. I knew, I knew the concept of it all, but I didn't realize how strong and powerful it was going to affect myself. And it's affected our family within the last month or two. Um, this, this film dealing with uh, the, the murder of a, um, of a young Native American woman in, out in Wyoming. And uh, a month or so ago, uh, friends of ours, dear friends of ours, um, her sister's body was found uh, along a river on uh, the reservation where she's from in South Dakota. And that's a story that's been told many, many times dealing with Native American women. Uh, A lot of them. I'm glad they found her body because a lot of most of the times with this situation, they do never, they never find them. And none of this is ever like a statistic at the end of the film. Uh, there was a quote, uh, while missing person statistics were comp- complied for every other uh, demographic, none exist for native American women. Uh, in an NPR interview, Taylor Sheridan shared uh, this quote uh, that came about. I had two researchers spend three months trying to find a statistic. They came back and said, Taylor, we cannot find one statistic. No one's keeping it. And I said, well, that's your statistic. So that whole quote at the end of the film is just is all too true. Um, everybody in this film just was did an amazing job. I'm. The Academy sucks. Uh, they just, this, this film should have won everything. Um, I mean, Jeremy Renner, um, if you guys remember uh, back during the Comic-Con, I did, I got to talk to him uh, at an airport in Reno. And I, I talked to him about this film. This was after all the news that we found out uh, of, of the, what's, what's to come with the MCU dealing with Disney Plus with all the shows and uh, it sucks the Hawkeye shows get got canned, but hopefully they bring it back. But yeah. it was cool to talk to him about this film. And he, I'm tell, me telling him, like, that was such a powerful performance, and thank you uh, for doing it. And he even said, he was like, yeah, man, it was it was tough to film, but I'm, he was happy that, that he had done it. And, uh, and it was cool, man. He shook my hand, gave me a hug, and just said, be strong, brother. Um, another uh, guy that I met dealing with this film, Gil Birmingham, uh, Mike and I met him at the, uh, skins festival in Hollywood, uh, last year or 2018. And, uh, I talked to him. He, his, he was his, his character. Um, his, his daughter was the one that, uh, that went missing and, uh, they found her body in the film. And, uh, that scene with him and, um, Jeremy Renner that they had, uh, on the porch was just just heartbreaking i remember sitting there in the theater oh sorry and just crying my eyes out but when i was talking to gil i told him i said that scene just touched me so strong and i explained to him how i felt and why i felt the way i do 
And same thing, man. He, I don't, I didn't, don't, I don't know these these two gentlemen, but they both gave me a hug and told me to stay strong. So Jeremy Renner and Gil Birmingham, you guys, you guys are awesome. And I thank both of them for being in this film and to putting it out there. If I ever meet up um, Scarlet Witch, I'm gonna tell her the same thing. Um, I've met Julia Jones before, but this was way before she had done uh, this film. I met her when she was doing uh, Twilight. Uh, she had a powerful performance in this film as well. It's awesome that we saw her in The Mandalorian uh, this past year. But, um, yeah, the both of them. I mean, like, everybody in this film. Uh, I also met another guy that was in this film. I just got to talk to him briefly about it. Uh, I was in Oregon, and I met him. He was... Uh, his character was the brother of uh, the murdered uh, girl in this film. And uh, he was like, whoa, yeah, man, a powerful film. Uh, I wish I would have got to talk to him longer, but it was just kind of like a, a passerby type of thing. But um, this film, man, it's amazing. And it, it sucks that, that this this is based on true true crimes, true events uh, that, that go on uh, on the on a lot of reservations, not just there in Wyoming, man, for my reservation in Arizona, that's, it's an all too tale that everybody knows about and it's all over the place and it's tough, man. And it sucks that there is no statistic for native American women. There is a movement going on. That's been going on for a long time, even way before I was born, uh, dealing with that, the, the assaults and, uh, the murder of native American women. And, uh, it's, 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 it's a heartbreaking story. This film is a heartbreaking story. Um, yes, it does come to a conclusion at the end, which I was like, fuck yeah. But mm-hmm. it never replaces uh, the person you lost. And the very end of this, this scene was just the last scene in the film was, oh, was just it just floored me. The whole film floored me. But uh, this the song they played at the very end of the film. Um, I know I have it on my iPhone. I listened to it and just, oh, it just, I just think of this film. Uh, It's a song, uh, it's called Feather, and it's by William Wilde. Um, That song is just, it's just heartbreaking because it just makes me think of this film. Um, I've seen a lot of good films this decade, but out of everything, out of all the horror, the action, the comedies, and everything, this is a film that just really just touched my heart. I remember telling my wife about it, and then we finally got to it was playing up here, so we went we went and got to see it, and uh, both of us. I mean, every time I watch this film, I'm in tears. I mean, just talking about it. Uh, makes me sad, but it's it, it's a heartbreaking story, and uh, our friend of ours, her her sister that that passed last month, was just devastating for all of us. And I hope her sister does. She's where well, she's in a better place than we are right now. Yes, and uh, my heart goes out to. Her whole family, we would talk to her sister. She knows. And uh, any of you people who live out on the res that are hearing my voice, I mean, just take care of your moms, take care of your daughters, take care of your nieces, your aunts. Just take care of your family. 
not just Native Americans, everybody, everyone that hears my voice, take care of your family. That's something, number one thing that we need to do. For myself, the Zisu, we take care of our family. We do what we have to do to take care of them. And it's hard when they're not around us, but yep. we, we still reach out to them to make sure that they're, they're okay. So... Uh, sorry to bring the show down, but that this is this was my number one film of, of the decade, and I just couldn't believe how amazing it was. So, oh, awesome film! Uh, yeah. it was on it was on Netflix, but now it's not. I don't don't know where it's at, but I have the Blu-ray and everything. So, but yeah. uh, definitely check it out. Uh, that is Wind River. It came out in 2017, and. All you guys, you guys know this. Both of us, our, our hearts go out to all you guys' family. We love you all. And yes. love y'all. you guys hear our voices every week. So huh, that's going to be it for me. I think we, we should bring it to the end before I start crying. But uh, yeah. I, again, everyone, thank you so much for listening. We are going to run through our, um, our movies uh, again. Let me start with my number 10. That was uh, Lone Survivor. Number nine was The Raid Redemption. Number eight was Train to Busan. Number seven, Hell House LLC. Uh, number six, Evil Dead. Number five, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Number four, Bohemian Rhapsody. Number three, Lords of Chaos. Number two, Winter Soldier. And my number one film of the decade is Wind River. Yes. No doubt. Uh, yeah, and shout out, thank you for the uh, digital copy of that. That's how I was able to watch it. So uh, I proudly have that in my uh, iTunes collection. So, yes, thank you for that. All right. Uh, my top 10, one more time. At number 10 was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Number nine was Before Midnight. Eight, End of the World. Seven, Fury Road. Six, Attack the Block. Five, Grand Budapest Hotel. Four, The Force Awakens. Three, Endgame, Avengers. Two, Scott Pilgrim. And one was Inception. All right. That was it, everyone. Again, yeah. the my first half of my list was just films that I pulled uh, out. And um, the last five were the ones I really thought about. But everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, another Anchor edition. We got plenty more for Anchor. Um, and yeah, I think uh, that's about it because I got to get dinner cooking before my wife comes home. So, but uh, yeah. until then, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Do check us out on uh, other things. Also, go over to uh, Podbean or, or Apple Podcasts and listen to the regular feed. But for those of you that listen to our anchor, you can hear us on Anchor, you can hear us on Spotify, uh, Castbox, and Apple Podcasts. Poc- pocket casts and there's another one i can't remember but yeah so check out all those uh rate and review us on apple Podcasts because you can hear our uh east society anchor edition uh feed over there as well so yeah you guys thank you so much for listening and yeah party on all right uh until next time have fun be safe and we'll see you next time east society 